Welcome to the Shiny Brightly Show. I'm Howard Brown, author, speaker, Silicon Valley entrepreneur, international peacemaker, and yes, two-time stage four cancer patient survivor and advocate. Each episode will take you from resilience to hope and a whole lot more because Shining Brightly does make the world a better place. Be prepared to be inspired. Welcome to the Shining Brightly Show. I'm Howard Brown, your maestro with the mic. Oh my God, you are in for a huge treat today. We are so lucky and blessed that we have Chris Whitehead. Oh my God, I have to tell you that it's not very often that you get on a phone call with somebody and don't want to get off the phone and they feel like they've been your big brother or a brother all your life. This is how Chris and I met. He's in Dallas and he's speaking. He's at a conference and our good mutual friend, Gail Craft puts us on the phone and neither of us wanted to get off the phone. And so I had to bring him on our show today because his story, okay, his lessons and what he teaches and preaches is really important. And so, I, Chris, welcome, welcome. How are you doing? What's going on today? I'm great, Howard. I really appreciate you having me here and uh, talking to your audience. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to chop it up, man, see if we can help a few people out. I, I, I really appreciate that. So I, I've got your book here, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I just want to read something here so that we get off and kick this thing off. Okay. In right. Becoming Iconic, How Do You Make Today's Ceiling Tomorrow's Floor? How Do You Learn to Dream Bigger? You need to dream bigger because you have no choice to survive in the battles of business. And I want to actually add in life. Or you can go down in flames. You have a choice, right? When you emerge triumphantly, you will see that your perceived ceiling was only limited to what you are certain you can achieve. I'm just like, I got to hug this guy, man. I mean, we are, we, we are, we are brothers from different mothers. This is, this is how we change the world and change ourselves. And um, you've... Uh, how did you get to this place, man? Introduce yourself to uh, to my audience. Oh my goodness! Well, first of all, I'll tell you um, that that rings true. I wrote that because, and I'm not ashamed of it. I got goosebumps when you read it again. That's how important it is to me um, because I've lived it. I've been an entrepreneur for 25 years. I'm 49 years old. Uh, you know, I I did what I was supposed to do. I was a good boy. I played baseball. I got straight A's and B's except for one C one time junior year. And I remember bringing the C home and mom said, um, I'm really disappointed in you. And I said, mom, I never get C's. Why are you disappointed in me? She goes, I'm not disappointed that you got the C. I'm disappointed because I know that you didn't give it your best effort. And that stuck with me for a really long time. So I went to college and, you know, got done with that whole experience and had no idea who I wanted to be. And I got a job at a company called Radio Shack. And I became the number one salesman in the Eastern region, mainly just by being polite and hustling, like just moving quickly. Like we had this POS machine, point of sale machine. And I started realizing that on average, I would do 10 or 12 more transactions than any other salesperson in the store. It also just so happened to show that I gross sold more than everybody in the store. And so everybody thought I was cherry picking because I would sell a computer. I would sell a few cell phones or blah, blah, blah. What I learned was it was a law of numbers. Like I might also sell a 50 cent resistor, but you know what I don't do? Talk for 45 minutes to the guy with the 50 cent resistor. Like, I, and he wants to talk. He wants to talk about ham radios. He wants to, I don't know anything about that stuff. 
but here, I found it in the catalog. Here's a resistor that you need. I'm sorry, I have to go help this customer now. I kept doing that and I kept making more and more sales until one day um, a husband-wife team came in and the gentleman looked at me. He goes, Chris, you don't belong here. And Howard, instead of me being like um, angry or upset, I really felt a ting of being ashamed. And it wasn't what he said. It was how I received what he said. And what I realized is I was just playing beneath my means, what I was capable of doing. And so I then moved from Virginia to North Carolina. I became, uh, again, the number one salesman in their district. I got invited to go listen to Brian Tracy speak on stage. First person I'd ever seen speak. Mm-hmm. And he told us to write our 12 goals down. And I'm sitting with nine or 10 other managers and the district manager on the other side of them. And I'm I'm the lone sales guy amongst all these managers and DM. And I'm looking up at Brian Tracy and he looks 18 feet tall and just like Superman. And he says, write these 12 goals down. And Howard, just like any kid that believes in Superman, if he said it, I did it. And I wrote all those goals down. He said, now I want you to fold that piece of paper, put it in your back pocket. And you never have to look at it again. And I said, okay. And he said, I promise you within three months, you will accomplish one of these goals. And I was so juiced up that I looked down the line at all the managers and they were all asleep. It was just me and the district manager staring at that guy. About three months later, I won my first golf tournament, which was on that piece of paper. And I remembered it. And I started thinking, what else is out there that I don't know that I haven't been taught? This is in an arena of like mindset that I really... Like that was magical. And the next thing you know, I'm walking up to my soon to be wife and I said, well, I've quit my job and I'm starting a business. And she goes, well, can you just keep it for insurance? And I said, no, it's too late. What are you doing? Well, I'm going to be a remodeler. What do you know about that? Absolutely nothing. And thus began my career being willing to do anything and everything. And I tell people all the time, the first 10 years was learning how to be personally excellent at remodeling. Like I was the worker. And I'm talking painting, framing, drywall, all of it. The next 10 years was building teams. And the last five years has been focusing on levels of integrity that I don't really talk to people about because they're micro and they're inside of me. And in the process of doing that, the one thing that I've learned is that I will never quit on myself. And what I've seen in a lot of other people, we all go through struggles, we, whether they're personal, like you've been through some massive personal struggles. There are people that go through struggles in business. It's those of us that find a purpose in that struggle that get up the next day and we don't live off of the winning that we're doing. We live off of the purpose that we're digging toward and we're willing to see how far we're willing to go to become who we have to become so that we can fulfill that purpose. I, I, I got to tell you that, first of all, the three things that stuck out just now in, in talking about your, you know, one is that... um you learn some humbleness, humble pie from mom on getting a C, but it also held you accountable and it challenged you. Uh, two is that you said the word hustle a couple of times. And I got to tell you, people just don't want to do that to hustle what, uh, you know, and, and it, it's, uh, it can be refined and learned, but I, I really, you know, cause I play basketball. Okay. And are you willing to dive for that ball going out of, out of bounds on a pickup game? That means absolutely nothing. You know who you are. Most aren't. Nine out of 10 aren't. So I, I really appreciate that. And then being able to write something down and then make it happen, the realization. I mean, 
you won a golf tournament and it was on your, on your to-do list. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, again, you, you, that's really, I mean, those, those things are inspiring. And, and, and again, we all can do them. Most don't. And, and that's, and, and you have to understand, right. Um, my self image is not that high. I get a job at Radio Shack and there's nothing wrong. Radio Shack doesn't exist anymore, but, but and I'm not bagging on Radio Shack. You do. You exist. You outlasted Radio Shack. I did. But, you know, I realized when that gentleman spoke to me that I was playing beneath my level and it was a it was a gut check. Am I willing to go to the next step? And what I found is. By just being willing to go to the next step, the next step shows up. And the next step was seeing Brian Tracy. Mm -hmm. And then the next step after that, because of what he basically what he was telling me is that if I take the freedom to write it down on paper that I can manifest whatever my dreams are, not dad's dreams, not mom's dreams, not Radio Shack's dreams, not my wife's dreams, not anybody mine. And I actually accomplished one of them almost serendipitously. How did it show up? We were just talking about the event that we're going to be doing at Babson College, and you're the person that led me to that. And, and I'm so grateful because now I'm in a place in my life where I don't have to hustle the way that I used to. And I'm 10 times more effective by going slower to go fast because things just line up. So I focus on minute levels of integrity because I know that when I put myself in the right position, the other things in the universe are going to line up for me as well. And it's true. It works out. And what it led to was I was back in Virginia. So my business was in North Carolina for a few years and I couldn't really get it going the way I wanted to. I'm not from the area. And I moved back to a resort area in Virginia and my business starts booming. I go to a Walmart and give $5 to a, um, to a charity. It's a halfway house. So a guy's raising money for these guys that are getting ready to get out of jail. I give him five, 20 bucks. I can't remember how much. And he and I, we strike up a conversation. And then within that conversation, he goes, do you want to come speak to my people? And I was like, Sure. So I printed off this, I watched TD Jake's videos and printed off this, like all my notes on it. And I'll never forget, I went and sat down in front of these gentlemen at a halfway house and I pretty much read everything that I wrote down. It was not a very good presentation, but these guys had never heard it before. So they were pumped by it. But I brought two of my employees with me and I asked, I said, Hey, I remember asking one of them, Rob, what do you think? He goes, Chris, you were really, really good, but you know, you're much better when you don't use a piece of paper, when you just talk. And then I go home and I'm kind of unpacking all that. And I go, what would it take for me to be like Brian Tracy? Because that man really inspired me. And I want to inspire other people the way I was. I had no knowledge of that, just like I had no knowledge of remodeling. And here we are throwing events now. You're coming to speak. You're coming from all the way on the other side of the world. I got people coming from all over the U.S. to come to Boston to speak. I've now spoken in front of thousands and thousands of people. I've written a best-selling book on multiple companies and people go, wow, I wish I could be like you. Um, I wish you could be better than me because I'll share with you all the mistakes that I made along the way so that you don't have to make them because that's what the flame inside of Iconic is all about. It's a seed of greatness that's in you. I know it's in you. And if I can just activate that seed within you, then I want to sit back and clap you on to victory. Because that's what we're here for, to support one another, to live the dream that we want to live. And I look back on it, 
And if you'd have told me what I had to do to do it, I probably would not have done it. So I'm actually really grateful <laughs> that I didn't know. But I also look back on it and go, it was hard. It's been very hard. But I couldn't imagine any other hard in my life that I would prefer to go through. I think I would be bored. And the people that I've met along the way and the beautiful friendships that I've made and people that I've cried with and loved on and goosebumped with and traveled around the country with and talked to people and touched people when they've been hurting and they just needed some inspiration, they turn back around by God's own design. They turn back around and reach out to me when I need to be lifted up. And I'm like, this is how this thing works called life. This is beautiful. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And it's led me to somebody just like you. We have very, very similar core values without even knowing. We didn't talk about them that much, but just in the conversation. And it's like, I, would I have met you if I didn't put myself out there to do this kind of stuff? The answer is most likely no. Correct. And so I, I realized a very long time ago that I was not putting people around me at my level and above. And I was the smartest guy in the room. I was the guy everybody looked up to. And Howard, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So it's just like, if I'm, if everybody's looking up to me and I don't know what I'm doing, what are they doing? And so I knew I needed to start putting myself around other people that are doing what I'm doing or have done what I've done or are better at what I, than what I am. And just be, be willing to be humble, be willing to sit back. And be willing to come in with an intention of really wanting to learn. And then one other thing that a lot of people mess up at, and you said it, then take action. Massive, massive action, not haphazard action, but mean I am willing to put this thing down, think it through, and then move forward even when the road bumps hit. And then I started reading your book and I'm like, oh my God, he's gone through it on a much more massive scale than me, but it's the same exact thing. This is somebody that wakes up the next day and goes, well, that was a poo-poo sandwich. What am I going to do with it now? And you found gratitude in it. You found resilience in it. You found inspiration in it. You found the desire to want to share that with other people so that they don't have to experience it. You're, you're, you're somebody that promotes going and getting early and often checks at certain ages for simple, simple things like prostate. And, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm grateful that I have risen to the point to make friends with people like you that are as intentional about life as you are, because I want to squeeze the juice out of this thing because it could all end tomorrow. I'm very aware of that. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. I, you know, one of the things that um, you said that was very telling, in order to start your business, you were laying brick, you were, you were putting up drywall, you actually had to understand and you could step into those roles and then you rose up. Uh, and again, not, I didn't say better than your employees, but you you walked walk in their shoes. And yeah. so I will tell you this, the reason that I am such a proponent for screening, whether it's your mammogram, your prostate, your colon, your cardio, your nutrition, whether you go to the dentist, we didn't do that over COVID. It got delayed. It got forgotten. If I would have been screened at age 40 for colorectal cancer, I guarantee you, Chris, we might not have met. I might not be a published best-selling author. I may not be an inspirational, motivational speaker. And I still probably would be living very good values because the ability to heal the world, the ability to live with kindness and the ability to um, give generously and uh, to others was drained in, and ingrained in me like your mom did to you, held you accountable for that. See, my, my, my grandmother, my grandfathers and, and, and my parents, since I was a little boy, drilled that in me and I carry that forth and it's how I apply it. 
Okay. I apply it a little bit more on a larger scale right now. Okay. I'm reaching more people than I ever did. Okay. Because of what I had to go through, but by golly, do I want anyone to actually have chemotherapy needle radiation surgery to be able to help them to find themselves and fight for the ability to live another day and make memories with their kids and their family? Hell no, 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 no. So if we can actually do that, um, you know, colon cancer is the number two, um, you know, killer now, uh, besides lung cancer, 155,000 Americans will get diagnosed, 52,000 people will lose their lives. It's been an awful existence for me, but I actually have to look in the mirror and say that I am blessed, I am grateful, I am lucky. What am I gonna do today to actually make it better? For me, lifting myself up and then lifting up others. And this is why we come together. And so I want to go take it to the next level is that I'm, re I, I'm, I'm in the middle of reading your book and my God, our core values. Again, listen, I'm a Jewish kid. Okay. You're a Christian fella. You're from the South. I'm from Boston. Okay. I can park my car in Harvard Yard and now you live in New Hampshire. But I, I got to tell you, you know, we don't probably won't agree on a hundred percent of things, but we are like-minded and our hearts are joined. Yeah. And that's what's impressive off of a 15 minute phone call. So take, take me through your core values and your beliefs. So my first core value is integrity. And I think a lot of people speak integrity as a core value, but I'm not sure that a lot of people dive beneath the surface too much with it because they go, Hey, do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. Yeah. That's the beginning of integrity. Yeah. There's another part of integrity of understanding the intention that you're leaving with somebody do they understand what you said you would do when you said you would do it? Um, there's another part of integrity that you, when you mess up, which we all will, how do you make that back up to someone? And it also means, are you surrounded by people that will hold you accountable for your integrity? Because one of the things that I've learned about alignment being greater than assignment is it matters more who I surround myself with than what any of us do. And if the people that I have in my world don't hold me accountable to my own integrity, my goodness, what does that say about theirs? So success leaves clues and so does failure. So integrity to me is the beginning of everything. And integrity doesn't just mean what I do to you. Integrity means, am I living whole? And so if you look at, if you look at integrity as air inside of a tire, when we're out of integrity, we poked a hole in the tire and the, the integrity air is just rushing out. So it doesn't matter how much you keep putting back in, it's still rushing out. We have to fix that hole so that we can become whole. And as I've learned to live in integrity at higher and higher levels, meaning the things that I do in the dark that no one else knows about, I found that my life has become more rich, more meaningful, more beautiful. Uh, my intentions seem to miraculously just start happening on my behalf, like I'm blessed almost because I'm living in integrity. And that's core value number one. Core value number two is information. Information is simply the ability to communicate effectively. Uh, one of the things that I focus on as a business leader, I have a lot of employees. I have a lot of subcontractors. I have a lot of people that I work with in multiple businesses that I own. Um, communication breakdown is the beginning of losing profit. It's the beginning of losing employees. It's the beginning of pissing off customers. It's a business of, uh, it's the ability to maintain lifetime clients by understanding how to communicate early and often. My third core value is innovation. 
Innovation means without ego, we're willing to change at the drop of a dime because we're more focused on the goal and less focused on being right. So I say I would rather win than be right. It's okay. My final core value is income. And I literally have this on the wall. All of my clients can see it. All of my employees can see it. Everybody can see it because income doesn't stand for money. And I want people to understand that money is a tool. Money in and of itself is only as good as the fire that it makes you when you burn it. But it is a tool that we can use to build other people's dreams. I believe in being a go-giver. I believe in servant-based leadership. And I believe that the people that come on my team, my job is to lift their life goals up, understand what they are, help them accomplish them, even if they have nothing to do with my business, because the law of reciprocity will kick in. And as I help them get what they want, I certainly am going to endear them to help me get more of what I want. Now, I get to use the leveraging compound effect of hundreds and hundreds of people to help me do that. So my goals, and for me, can be higher and higher, but I also have to help a whole bunch of people in a lot of creative ways get what they want. So when you add integrity, information, innovation together, you always get the income. Can't tell you when it shows up, but I promise you that goal that you're going for, use those three criteria to get there, and it works every time. And I surround myself now with people that understand, believe, and operate from those similar goals. Mm -hmm. And guess what? We magically, deliciously tend to get along 99.9% of the time, Howard. It's funny how that works, you know? I know, but inside this recipe of the four eyes, you actually throw in authenticity and gratitude. And I've noticed that um, you you, you lead by example. And model that, but um, you treat people. You even said it. I hustled and I used it. I had good manners. Uh, you know, I, again, a forgotten skill, right? Politeness. So I, I really admire that about you. Now, um, I'm, I'm excited because we're going to my home court, Babson College, number one school for entrepreneurial uh, studies, entrepreneurship of all kinds. When you gather people, okay, we're coming to this iconic Alliance live event. Yeah. What happens? Give, give, give people a preview of that because we can still sign some people up. What happens at, at, when we gather in person that we haven't been able to do very much because of COVID? So one of the things that, that a lot of people focus on when they're growing a business is they want to focus on business. I want to learn a new technique. I want to learn this thing about social media. I want to learn how I can get more leads in. I want to learn how to more effectively close those leads. I want to learn how to build a team. I got that in spades. I've got friends and clients and speakers that have spoken on huge stages, thousands of people, four or five, 6,000 people in an auditorium. They get paid to speak on stages. They're coming to our stage, right? We can talk to you about business all day long. The truth is that 95% of people still fail at it. I don't think it's because of business. I've helped people that earn $30 million a year. That's not the gross of their company. That's what they bring home. And when I first started coaching him, Howard, I was like, oh boy, what am I going I've never made $30 million in a year. Mm. How am I going to coach them? Here's what I found out. We don't have business problems. We have people problems. We have people that are in business with issues. So I was able to help them. How? We focus on family, faith, fitness, and finances. Those are pillars. So when people come to an iconic live experience event, you're going to get a little bit of everything. Just like a good dinner should be. You're going to have your vegetables. You're going to have your meat. If you believe in meat, maybe tofu if you don't. I actually had food at Babson College. There was some tofu on there. My God, Howard, I would have eaten an entire bowl of that stuff. (laughs) And I'm not vegetarian. 
Um, we have our starch, we have our dessert, we have a little bit of everything, but we're going to focus on the pillars of faith, family, fitness, and finance. And you're going to see it interweaved amongst this crowd of people because I believe after all these years of being in business and all of the book knowledge, I could have a, I literally have a PhD in this from self-study. I believe we're here to simplify the process. To understand how you do anything is how you do everything. And the, the seven speakers that are on stage, you're one of them, by the way. Um, everyone that is speaking has not only implemented these issues, these qualities into their business life, they've inserted these into their personal lives to live a more joyous existence. And I believe at the end of the day, we didn't own a business so we could make a lot of money. We own business so that we could have freedom. We own business so that we could be the author of our own book. We own business so that we could go accomplish things that we didn't know that we could do in a more corporate setting. So I want to free people up by showing them how you do anything is how you do everything by attacking it from a spiritual point of view, attacking it from a family-based point of view, attacking it from a fitness point of view, keeping yourself in good shape and attacking it from your finances. Because when you do that, you become elite. And so the people that would be interested in coming to this event are the kinds of people that already push the envelope and they're looking for that 1%. They're looking for that extra edge. And those are the people that I surround myself with. They're, they're, they're economy changers. They're earth shakers. They're the Steve Jobs of the world that think a little bit different, do a little bit different, and create things that are very, very stand out. And if you're the kind of person listening to this, that you know that you already believe in yourself and you want to run with a group of winners, they're going to be at Babson College April 11th and 12th. And you're going to be able to see, and we've made it extremely inexpensive for you to come check it out. The information is going to be great. It's going to focus on faith, family, fitness, and finance. And at the end of it, if you want to run with us some more, we have options for you. It's not a pitch fest. This is us. And you know this because you got on the call when I spoke about it. I've taken the reins off. I'm like, you know what, guys? This is not a canned speech. You're going to come in and give the very best of what you got. You're going to be wrung out by the time you're done because I'm giving you the freedom to share what God's message is on your heart to everyone out here for them to be better people. And I fully believe that that's exactly what's going to show up. I, I have to tell you that if you can, you know, fine tune, you know, family, faith, fitness, and finance, okay. Oh my God, if they're in alignment and they're more fine tuned, you can be elite. You can accomplish and move mountains. So uh, this is why I'm, I, I, I've, I've been welcomed into the family, and I am very grateful for this opportunity to uh, to join join you and join this. So I want to um, uh, we're going to do our shining brightly moment. So put on some okay. shades because it's going to get very bright in here. All right, I brought them. I brought them. All right, we're here. We're very bright now. Now listen, I want people to one tell them about um, how they can get in touch with you, how they can get your book, and how they can sign up for uh, this. This uh, come to Babson and join us. Okay, so uh, easiest way to get in touch with me is probably through social media or my website. You can go to iconicalliance.com. You can also go to Facebook. I am the Chris Whitehead. And no, my ego is not huge. I just picked the surname V because it wasn't chosen, but my name is spelled. K-R-I-S-W-H-I-T-E-H-E-A-D. You can send me a direct message. You can talk to my assistant, Brooke Litchford. In our event for Babson, um, go to iconicalliance.com, look under the events tab, send me a DM, come see it on Instagram or on Facebook. And um, it's 500 bucks for a two-day event. And um, I'm telling you, 
we're taking the roof off of this thing. This is in our this is our inaugural event. Now, I've been on stages since 2012, Howard. Yep. I've put over half a million dollars into Iconic so far before we ever launched the first event because we did a lot of beta testing behind the scenes to make sure that what we bring is an experience that people have never had before. And that's exactly why these sunglasses are on because I fully intend to blow people's socks off with our event. You will. And uh, bring in the fire. I mean, it's on the label. It's right here. We're going to bring the fire and uh, people are going to, you know, their take home value about lifting up yourself and lifting up others and then joining this family to become a force multiplier for good, positive change in your life and in business for your kids. It's powerful. So I, I, I'm all in. <laughs> I am all in. So this is Howard Brown, and you can get in touch with me at shiningbrightly.com. And uh, Chris, this has been a pleasure, I have to tell you. And um, the more and more I get to know you, the more I want to give you a bro hug. And I will when I see you soon in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Shining Brightly. And um, just be healthy until, until we meet in person. Appreciate you, brother. I'll see you soon. Thank Thanks, you for having me. You got it. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shining Brightly with me, Howard Brown. Come interact with me at shiningbrightly.com. And remember, keep on shining.